0: So here we are with episode two of how to sell your script, how to break into the film industry. Like I said last week, there are no easy answers to this. We're not gonna be giving you a simple five-step program that's going to instantaneously change your life, but I am gonna give you some techniques, some skills, some things that I've done in my own career that have been successful for my students to give you a way of thinking about breaking in, Remember, as we talked about last week, breaking in is different for every single writer. And breaking in is a marathon, not a sprint. If you are looking at selling your script as the way of changing your life and fixing all your problems, you're probably looking at it upside down and backwards. And you're probably putting so much pressure on your writing that success is going to be very difficult for you to find. We talked last week about building a lifestyle that supports your writing, a process by which every day is actually good, by which you are showing up and doing what you love every day, creating the room for it, the space for it, building the infrastructure that supports it so that you can keep doing your process until the luck and the work match up, until the door opens for you. What we're going to be talking about this week is one of the common ways that people open the door, which is contests and festivals. So check it out, like, and subscribe, and we're going to get into it now. One of the wonderful things that exists for screenwriters today that didn't exist when I was coming up are contests and festivals. Back in the day, we didn't have this stuff. In fact, I never competed in a contest or a festival in my life. Today, we have what seems to be an amazing resource, but it's also a really expensive resource. All those application fees for festival after festival after festival after festival. Are those festivals really helping? How do you get the most out of them? How do you know which festivals to apply to, which contests to apply to, and which to run from? Like so much in this industry, there are a lot of sharks in this water, right? There's a lot of money in them hills, to mix my metaphors a little bit, right? And there are a lot of well-intentioned and less well-intentioned people out there trying to snap up money from desperate writers who are trying to break in. So, it's important to know what festivals and contests are likely to do for you and what they're likely to not do for you. It's important to know which ones to apply to and which ones to run away from. Um, It's important to understand the business model by which festivals can both help writers, but also inadvertently hurt writers. So we're gonna be talking about all of this so that you can get the most out of contests and festivals. The first thing to understand is that all festivals are not created equal. There are many different kinds of festivals. There are festivals and contests where it's really amateur writers competing against other amateur writers. And there are other contests and festivals where you're really competing against emerging writers and professionals. So if you think of contests like ABC Disney, the Nickel Fellowship, the Writers Guild Fellowship, um, Austin Film Festival, right? These are contests where the best of the best are competing, right? Where you win one of these contests and it can change your life. You win one of these contests and it's likely that producers are going to be calling you rather than you calling producers, right? So there are certain festivals and contests that can actually first open the doors for you, that can actually change your life and change your careers. and. These are not hard to find. They have famous names and you know them. There's also a mid-range of festivals um, and of contests. And these are contests where most of the people you are competing with might be amateurs, maybe with a couple of professionals sprinkled in there, Um, where where they might be smaller festivals or smaller contests, right? They're not the creme de la creme. Winning them is not going to change your life. But it might create access, it might create an opening, it might create a step for you. So for example, my friends at ScreenCraft, my friends at Coverfly, my friends at Catalyst, just to name a few of many very good players in this this market. Um, These are people who genuinely have writers' best interests at heart, but who also really know people, really have access, and really work their butts off to try to get representation and access for their winners. Now, Every contest wants to get representation and access for their winners, but not every contest actually has somebody at the helm who has those kinds of connections. So for example, why am I giving Catalyst a shout out in my podcast right now? Why am I giving ScreenCraft a shout out in my podcast right now? I'm giving them that shout out because I love these people. Because I would do anything for Philip Gilpin or for John Rhodes, right? Because these people have been good to me, and they have built a real connection with me, and not just with me, but with lots of great writers, lots of great artists. If you go to Catalyst, you will see a lot of people. We used to fly to Vermont, where it was beautiful. Now we fly to Minnesota, which is fine, right? But cold. Um, but why do we go there? We, we go there because we love Philip, And so when Philip calls us up and says, hey, I want you to help out this writer, hey, I want you to read this script, we know him, we trust him, and quite frankly, we're gonna do it because we know the writer genuinely needs our help, but we also know that he's not gonna waste our time with somebody who isn't ready. So those connections, those mid-level contests and festivals with strong connections, those are great places to bring your work. Those are the people that you can trust. You can trust them because their business model is about not just people winning, but helping those people to succeed. Um, and because they happen to actually have the resources, they're big enough, and connected enough that they actually have the resources where they can help. So it's not the same as winning the Nickel Fellowship. It's not the same as winning ABC Disney. It doesn't have the huge mega corporation or studio attached to it, but it does have a certain cachet in the industry. We know that the winner is actually going to have a script that is ready. We know that the, and, and when the call comes, we're not getting a cold call from somebody that we don't know. So, how do you know if your contest, if it's not one of the ones I mentioned, there are hundreds of wonderful contests at that level. Right? How do you know if they're for real or not? How do you know if they're actually able to help you? Um, if it's a festival, um, I recommend looking for festivals in beautiful locations. And I recommend looking for small festivals, not big ones. Start there. Like Sundance is great. Sundance is a great place for you to meet the director of a documentary. It's a great place for you to meet other emerging filmmakers and screenwriters and uh, directors of photography, right? It's a great place to network and mingle. But the producers who can make a script and buy a script and sell a script, They are usually behind a velvet rope. They are in a VIP room. They are somewhere where you can't get to them. And because Sundance and Cannes, these these are giant markets. Um, These are places where producers primarily go to acquire films. So yes, if you have a film, you want your film in those contests if you can get them in. But if you have a script, the chances of you actually getting to pitch it to a producer there are not that great because those producers are in meetings back to back trying to either acquire or sell, right? They're behind a velvet rope they're hard to get access to. So it's great to go to those festivals, but you're meeting your peers there generally, not the person who's gonna buy your script. On the other hand, all people like going to pretty places especially in the dead of winter and that doesn't mean that all pretty place film festivals actually can attract real people Uh, but it's a good place to start. Look for a place that people would want to go and then look at who's speaking there. Look them up. Are they for real? One real person if they're not exactly the person you need to talk to, well, that's just the one person the director of the film festival happens to know, right? That's not necessarily a real connection. But if you get, if you see that there are 10 people speaking there who all really know what they're doing, they're real professionals in the industry, well, That is a contest that has some real connections. That's a festival that has some real connections. So if you think, for example, of the event that ScreenCraft puts on every year, right, where they bring all these A-list writers, I go speak there every year as well, right? All these A-list writers together, right? Well, that's a pretty good sign that that's a company that actually has connections to people who can help you. Uh, If you think of Catalyst, you go to Catalyst, and you'll see dozens of people flying in, people who have produced movies, real agents, real managers, right? Um, these These are places that are successful. These are places where you can connect. And what's beautiful about these festivals is if it's a smaller festival, they often don't have a velvet rope. One of our students met Bobby Farrelly at one of these festivals. Singing karaoke at the bar, why? Because it was in Vermont and there was only one bar and that's where we all ended up. That's the kind of festival you are looking for if you're an early career writer, a place where you're gonna just get a little bit more access, where there's less of a VIP kind of situation and where there are lots of people who can potentially help you. One person doesn't mean anything unless they're really your person. But lots of people who really are players in the industry, well that's the kind of festival, especially if they have a screenwriting part, right, that's the kind of festival that you want to participate in. The other thing you can look at, um, especially with contests, is what's the prize? Um, There are some contests that do a really good job of matching their winners with agents or managers. There are some contests that guarantee their their winners a meeting with a certain level of executive or producer or agent, right? That's the kind of prize that you want. That's the kind of prize that goes, you know what? This might be a contest or a festival that is worth applying to. Why? Because what you really want is not the laurel and quite frankly, unless it's a stupid amount of money, what you really want is not the money. $1,000 is really nice, but it's not going to get your movie made. I would take a meeting with somebody that can actually help my career over $1,000 any day. So you want to think about if you don't know that the contest is reputable, who do they work with? Who's speaking there? What are the other events that they do? Do they seem connected? Do they seem like they can actually help? What's the prize? Do they promise representation? Do they assist with representation? Do they give you a meeting? Do they give you access? If they're not promising that, they probably can't deliver that. Even if they want to, they probably don't have the connections to do it. You can also look at, well, what are their winners doing? Are their winners represented? Have their winners gone on to make movies, to sell scripts? Uh, have their winners advance in their careers. Now, there's also a third level of film festival and contest, right? Um, Which I'll just call the Joe's Film Festival of Central Idaho, right? Now, if there really is Joe's Festival of Central Idaho, I'm not trying to pick on you. I don't know about you. But um, there are a million little, I'm going to put the word contests and festivals in quotes, that are run by people who are often very well intentioned, but often have zero context in the industry, often have zero prestige, often have zero ability to actually help you beyond whatever gifts they have managed to get from their sponsors. There are contests that are even more exploitative than that. There's one contest that I heard about recently where they were giving away what looked like a $10,000 prize, but it was actually only a $10,000 credit towards $50,000 worth of services that you would have to buy in the next year, right? So you had to really look. There are a lot of bottom feeders out there. Now, if you have unlimited resources, if you actually have the money where it's not gonna affect your daily life and you can afford to, you should apply to all of them even the crappy bottom feeder ones. If you have enough money to do it, there is no reason not to go wide. Now, I'm making the assumption right now, we're going to talk about it next podcast, that your script is actually ready. But let's just make the assumption that you've done all the work, you're pretty confident your script is ready. Then you should go wide, go out with it, send it freaking everywhere, Why, why should you apply to Joe's contest of central Idaho where only 10 people are applying and okay, you might win, but you're competing against 10 people. Most of them don't know how to write a screenplay. And even if you win, they don't have any connections. Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, you never know, right? You're not gonna meet a Hollywood agent at one of those contests. But if it's the contest of central Idaho, you might meet the dentist from central Idaho who doesn't know anybody at CAA but has a hundred grand and would really like to make a movie and wants to read your script, right? So you're not going to get the professional level of access, but you might get a little bit of access. You might get lucky. Um, More importantly though, at those lower levels is you can start to collect lots of laurels. Um, A single laurel isn't going to help you. You know, if you call a producer and go, I just won Joe's Central Idaho Film Festival. um, They're probably going to be like, okay, that's nice. You know, Uh, it's not going to mean much to them. And in fact, some, some producers have even been burned by these festivals, right? Well-intentioned, maybe they gave a good prize. Maybe they agreed to meet with the winners and they've met with them and... Because those contests are happening at the amateur level, sometimes the winner still has a really amateur script where somebody like me, who's a teacher, might go, wow, there's tremendous talent here. Uh, But someone who's a producer goes, I can't make this. This script is not industry ready. You know, this is the winner. Um, and, And often the winner has an industry not ready script, not because they're not talented, but because they are an early career writer. And a lot of these smaller contests just don't get enough applicants to actually end up with that diamond in the rough right so um this happened to me there was a small festival that i used to sponsor um i I really believed in what they were doing i really liked the person who was running the festival Um, I thought his heart was in the right place. I I still think that that is true. And I gave him a prize that was worth about $3,600. And I gave it to him because I felt like it was going to really help that winner. Um, And I was happy to do that. I wanted uh, to help out. And I thought it would be fun to work with a great writer who otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity. And the winner, when I read his script... I saw a tremendous amount of talent, but I also saw a script that was completely unproducible. That needed probably a year of development before you could even sell it to a producer. I saw a script with a great premise and I saw a couple of moments of amazing voice, but I, I saw a writer who didn't have the fundamental craft down yet. And so I called this lovely person who ran the festival. and I said, Hey, what's going on? How did this person win? I, I don't really understand. And he said, well, you know, we only got 380 submissions and This was just the best one we had You know, and he has a lot of talent and I said, okay, you're a hundred percent, right? He has a lot of talent but what was in it for me right? I have lots of writers I work with who, has a lot, who have a lot of talent. The reason that I had given them a $3,600 gift was I wanted to help someone take the next step in their career. And I was given someone who wasn't ready. And so a lot of producers have been burned in this way, not by the big ones, not by the well-respected ones, but by the tiny, tiny baby ones right? Where you help out genuinely wanting to help. And then you get disillusioned. You're like, I can't actually depend that just because it won, it's actually going to be good. Um, does this mean if you win a small film festival that you shouldn't be proud of yourself? No, it means that you are better than the other amateur writers. And it probably means it's time to start applying to those mid-range festivals or even maybe one of the top festivals and seeing how you do when you start to compete against more experienced amateurs and emerging writers and eventually against professional writers, right? To kind of see, well, how do I do as I kind of climb those ranks, right? There's nothing wrong with, with winning small, right? That means somebody sees something beautiful in your script. Um, but it means that a lot of producers aren't going to take a win at a festival they don't recognize very seriously unless they know and trust the person who runs it. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please like, follow, and write us a review. If you want to check out Thursday Night Rights and study with us every Thursday for free, link in the bio. So a single contest, unless it's big, doesn't do much. But calling a producer and saying, look, I was a finalist in 14 festivals. I won three and I made it to the second round in 12. Well, that's a nice little calling card, right? And even if those are just little tiny festivals, those kind of say, Hey, people are liking this script. And also, if you're doing well in a lot of festivals, there's more chance that you're gonna meet one of those smaller producers, right? That you're gonna that you're going to bump into a little bit of luck. And it might not be the luck of the guy or the girl who can actually really make your script, but it might be the luck of the person who can advance your career a little bit, who can take it to the next step, who can introduce you to somebody. So um, if you have unlimited resources, go wide. If you have limited resources, you really want to target the festivals and the contests that are going to give you access. In a future episode, we're going to be talking about how to figure out who you should be targeting. Um, But once you know who you're targeting, you can start to go, well, a lot of people who are in this industry do speaking engagements, judge contests. Help out, right? A lot of people want to give back. So you can Google them and see where are they speaking? Well, if they're speaking at a film festival, go, especially if it's a small one, right? Or a medium-sized one. Um, You can start to look at, well, which contests are going to give me access? Which contests are going to give me a meeting? Which contests are people doing well? And don't apply to one. Save some money and apply to a bunch. Because the other thing is, contests can be valuable for your own development as a screenwriter, but only in volume. And let me explain what I mean by that. Everybody thinks the purpose of a contest is to win. Um, But the real purpose of a contest, the way I see it, is to get some information. Now, if you're in a mentorship program like ProTrack, if you're working with a professional writer, then a lot of that information you'll already have. Uh, a lot of that information you'll have, you'll you'll know a professional writer will have read every draft and will be like, hey, this thing is really ready, you know? And that doesn't mean you're not going to get negative feedback or people won't like it. That's always the case. People always pass. People always have issues. But it means that you have a professional opinion. You know the script is ready to go. Um, but contests can be valuable to kind of see like, how is it playing in the wider market, right? How is it playing? But one contest doesn't help with that because you might get one crappy reader, or one reader who just doesn't like the genre you're writing on, or one reader who just had a bad day and suddenly you feel like you failed. Not making it to the second round, not winning, not placing, not being a semifinalist or a quarter-finalist in any one contest gives you absolutely zero information. But if you apply to 10 contests, let's say, Let's say you are an early career writer and you go, you know what, I'm not even gonna try nickel yet. I wanna see how I do. I'm gonna to apply to 10 small to medium-sized contests where I'm competing with amateurs and maybe advanced amateurs. And you go, wow, that's interesting. I made it to the second round in most of them, but I wasn't a so- finalist or a semi-finalist. Doesn't mean your script isn't good. Your script might be great. You might have just gotten unlucky, but it means that that you're not yet really standing out among the amateurs. So that means your script probably needs some work. That's valuable information. Okay. I want, first, let's get my, my script to a point where it stands out. Let's figure out why is it not standing out? You know, maybe it's Maybe it's really clear, but it's not moving people. Maybe there's some a little bit of formula in there that feels fami- fresh to you, but familiar to somebody who reads a lot of scripts. Um, often, if you're applying to a lot of festivals and you're not making it to the second round, almost guaranteed you have a problem in the first 10 pages. And that's valuable information. Um, why do I say that? Um, most contests and most festivals, especially smaller ones, they can't afford to fully read every script that gets submitted. This is not true for every contest or every festival, but a lot of them, they truly can't afford to, right? If you're paying $85 to submit and it costs them $50 to have somebody read it, right? that That doesn't leave a lot of profit, right? It doesn't leave a lot of administrative costs or even marketing costs, right? They probably can't afford to read your whole script. So what a lot of contests do is they're gonna read the first 10 pages and you're gonna go into one of two piles. You're gonna go into the there's no way pile or you're gonna go into the let's read this in the second round pile. And so if one contest you don't get any information, they might've read the whole thing, person might've been having a bad day, you don't know anything. But 10 contests you don't make it to the second round, that's not a failure, that's information. That's valuable information, okay. I got a problem in my first 10 pages. Let's look at the first page. I might just have a problem in my first page that's turning people off, that's making them make the decision to skim and not to read, or that's making them feel not connected, or making them feel like this is familiar. So, um, guaranteed, multiple contests, you're not making it to the second round. The problem is in your first 10 pages. That's useful. That's valuable information. Um, So if your early career starts small, if you have the finances to do it, start small, see how you do. Then work your way up. It's okay if you win a bunch of small contests, but you only get to the second round of some bigger ones. Well, that means that you've got something. But once you're you're competing against more experienced writers, that you're not standing out as much. Okay, great. That just means that there's a skill set that you need to develop. It's time to find some more mentorship, right? It's time to, to build your craft. Let's figure out why this isn't getting as far in the more advanced contests. That said, if you only apply to one more advanced contest, you're not going to learn anything because it might just be a coverage reader who had a bad day. You need enough volume that you can actually analyze the results. Um, One last thing about that. Do not ever, under any circumstances, for any reason, do not ever pay for development notes from a contest or a festival. Do not do it. In fact, don't pay for written development notes from anyone because usually you're not getting development notes. What you're getting is coverage. Coverage, coverage is something completely different than development notes. Um, Coverage is something written by either an aspiring writer who has usually never sold a script, very, very beginning of their career, Or people who have been in coverage for a long time, and a lot of them are very brilliant people, but they're people whose writing careers have stagnated. And that's why they're in the coverage business. Particularly with contests and festivals, coverage readers don't get paid very much. If they're reading for an agency or a production company, they're probably getting paid about 50 bucks a script. But most contests can't afford to pay their coverage readers $50. Not if you're paying 85 or even if you're paying 150 bucks for development development notes, in quotes, right? They can't afford, so they're probably paying 25, 35, maybe nothing, it might even be an intern writing your coverage. And you just have to think, like anything in this industry, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is, right? Even if someone's telling you only professionals write your development notes, Hold on a second, if I'm paying 85 or I'm paying 150, there's no way that that reader is making very much money, not after advertising, not after administration, not after whoever owns the company makes some money. There's just no way, there's no way. And even if they were making, let's pretend they were making the full $150. Let's just pretend. You just have to think, well, how long would it take me to read a whole script, write a perfect log line, write a one and a half to two page summary that really captures everything that happens with the script. And then write some helpful development notes that would actually advance the script. And you realize even if they were making the full amount you paid, they'd be making like 30 cents an hour. And you realize that, Coverage readers cannot afford to do the job of development notes, even if you're lucky enough to get somebody brilliant. And there are a lot of brilliant, I got my start in coverage, there are a lot of brilliant people who start in coverage. But when I was writing coverage, I was an intern, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I hadn't even read a script before when I wrote my first set of coverage notes. So. Please do not pay for these. I'm gonna tell you a story to kind of illustrate this. Um, One of my very talented students, uh, wonderful writer, and aside, you know, talent is great, but hard work is so much more important. and, And he is one of the hardest workers I've ever worked with. And he had worked on his very first script, constantly worked his butt off for about three years. Um, he, it was his first time writing a script. He was in our ProTrack mentorship program. He had really, really, really done the work. And he writes, he writes broad comedies for 13 year old boys, right? Little funny, gross out PG-13 comedies. And those kind of comedies are not everybody's cup of tea, but somebody who loves them is going to love it. Uh, and he's very good at writing these kinds of scripts or he developed himself to be very good. Um, and he puts the work in, he works on it. Like, like it's a work of Shakespeare. And we had gotten the script to a place where I said to him, quite honestly, like this script is really ready to go. Like this script is working, it's professional and it could be made. And so he started to send it out for contests and he made the mistake of paying for development notes. And so he called me in a panic. He said, Jake, I have three different sets of development notes and none of them like my script. And he's like, and that, that doesn't bother me. If they don't like my script, I'll rewrite my script as many times as I need to rewrite it. What's concerning me is that none of these notes agree with each other. I have three different pieces of coverage and they are all saying completely contradictory things. Like one guy says, I'm super funny, but I struggle with structure. The other guy says, I'm great with structure, but I'm not funny, right? It's, it's that contradictory. I said, okay, send them to me. And he sent me the notes. And I read these three pieces of coverage. And there was literally not one thing that they agreed upon. There was was not one area of consensus. So we got together and I said, look, is there any note here that kind of opens a door for you where you're like, oh, that feels true. Yes, that's it. And he said, you know, Jake, honestly, no. And I said, okay, is there any note here that like makes you angry where you're having like such a visceral angry reaction that like maybe they hit a little too close to a nerve, like maybe they're onto something? He said, I'm more confused than angry. I don't really feel angry. I said, okay, you've done the work on this script. None of these notes are really doing anything for you. Let's just keep sending it out exactly the way you wrote it. And he ended up winning the Canada International Film Festival with that exact same script. And just imagine if he'd changed it, right? He would have been taking the words of an intern, of a person rushing through the script, of somebody who doesn't even like his script, right? Not somebody who's like invested and wants to make it better. Somebody who's not enjoying his script enough to even advance it, right? Um, That's crazy. And I've seen so many really wonderful writers develop their scripts into the ground by taking written notes. And so what I want to just say is, don't waste your money on this. No producer worth their salt would ever send coverage to a writer as notes. Even back in the day before we had Zoom, we used to spend a fortune flying writers in first class, because Writers go requires first class, we used to fly them in for notes meetings if they didn't live in Los Angeles. I remember we flew a guy in from London, first class, he spent a week with us. And we didn't go, here's a bunch of written notes, here's what you do. We suddenly talked to him. Because by nature, if your script isn't working by definition, it means something in your intention isn't coming through clearly. There's a gap between the script in your heart or in your mind and the one on the, on the page. And usually a protract session, a mentorship session like we do, right? somebody might go like, hey, I don't understand what you mean by this line. This feels weird. And then the writer goes, oh, well, this is what my intention was. And you go, oh, okay, I understand what you're doing. Okay, let me help you build that. Whereas a covered reader is going to go, this line doesn't work. Not understanding the intention underneath it. And most likely they're not giving you well-reasoned advice. They don't have time. They're giving you whatever advice their screenwriting professor, who by the way, may or may not have ever sold a screenplay, whatever book they read, whose author may or may not have ever sold a screenplay. They're giving you some kind of recycled screenwriting advice that even if they've identified the right problem, is probably the most formulaic possible solution. Why? Not because they're poorly intentioned, not because they aren't very smart, not because they don't read a lot of scripts, but because if they were the kinds of writers who were succeeding in their own career, who had that level of experience where they could develop a script, they wouldn't be writing coverage for 30 cents an hour. So do not waste your money on coverage notes. You're looking for how do I do? And then if you need some feedback, seek out some feedback from professionals. The purpose of contests, twofold. Number one is to give you some information, not about whether your script is good or not, but about how is it competing? Information about are the first, is the first page working, are the first 10 pages working. Am I doing better than the amateurs? Am I competing with emerging writers? Am I writing at the professional level? And you need some volume to do that. So that's the number one, just to get some feedback outside of your own bubble, not details. You want that from a professional who is an expert in developing scripts. But overall, how am I doing? But the more important purpose of festivals is if you apply to the right festivals, they can, in the right contest, they can give you access. They can give you access through official meetings. They can give you access through the connections of the people who run them if they actually have those connections. Um, They can give you connections through the people who contact those festivals going, I'm looking for a script. They can give you connections through the people who attend those festivals who you can network with. And they can give you connections either if it's a big time festival by, hey, I won the Nickel Fellowship. Well, guess what? People are calling you. You're not calling them anymore. Or it can be uh, in a smaller festival, it can be Hey, these people are in attendance. These are some aspiring producers. They never made a movie before, but they've got some money. Or these are some of the speakers that you can network with, right? We want contests and festivals. These are not instant sale situations for the most part. But what they are, are opportunities to gather some some experience, to get some valuable information, to make some connections that may help you in the long term and every once in a while to get a little bit of, of luck. You're singing karaoke with Bobby Farrelly like one of our students was and suddenly he's producing your film. That's the value of festivals. That's the value of contests. There are a lot of great ones out there, and so don't waste your money before your script is ready, but once your script is ready, this is an extraordinary way in as long as you do it smartly. So next week, we are going to be talking about an entirely different way into the industry, one that doesn't have to do with contests or festivals at all. We're gonna be talking about the old traditional, right? How do you get your script to a producer? And more importantly, we're going to be talking about how do you target the right producer for your script? And then how do you get past the gatekeepers who are supposed to separate you from them? So stay tuned next week. If you like what you're hearing, please like, follow, write us a review. And if you want to study with us, check us out for free every Thursday night. WriteYourScreenplay.com slash Thursday, Thursday Night Write. It's a great free writing class with me and one of the special guests from my faculty. And if you're looking for more, if you're looking for one-on-one mentorship, check out our incredible ProTrack program where we will pair you one-on-one with a professional writer who will read every page you write, every draft you write, and mentor you through your entire career at a cost that you can afford. I'll see you next episode.